0: Today we're talking politics and we'll do an election wrap-up with Boris Crouchinyuk, an investigative reporter who covers politics and transportation for the Scranton Times-Tribune. Boris is an award-winning journalist who started in radio but has been on the political newspaper beat for over 37 years. Welcome to News Engine, Boris. How are you doing? All right, we're doing all right. So we had a, a big election and what's the major takeaway from the general election in Lackawanna County?
1: Well, uh, that the Republicans still have a long way to go to uh, really uh, get control of things here in the county. The uh, contested row offices, uh, the Democrats swept by large margins. The sheriff's race, Mark McAndrew, won by a big margin. And in the Register of Wills, Clerk of the Orphans Court race, uh, Fran Kowalewski won by a big margin. So I don't know if it's the candidates they recruited, but they have a long way to go there. That being said, Republican State Appeals Court candidates cut substantially into the margin that they should have received, uh, uh, that they should have received, they should have been pounded, and they did. They weren't beaten as badly in the appeals court races, and that's really where you see the influence of um, what's going on in the rest of the country and the bad day for Democrats that you know happened in Virginia and in New Jersey. So uh, you had like the appeals court candidate, the the superior Supreme Court candidate did all right, won by twenty points. Even that is not. You know the margin that Democrats have over Republicans in uh, Lackawanna County, but the other appeals court races were a lot closer. The Republican candidates ate a lot more of the vote uh, into. On the on the bright side for the Democrats in Pennsylvania, in the last week, the uh, one of the Commonwealth Court case Commonwealth Court races has reversed, and uh, Democrat Lori Dima Dumas is now ahead of uh, Drew Crompton at uh, when we. When things were over last Tuesday night, it looked like the Republicans were going to sweep the appeals court races. But now it's, um, you know, one Democrat did win one of the appeals court races, uh, which is unusual because in years that the governor or the president isn't on the ballot, Democrats don't do well because the Philadelphia vote doesn't turn out. So that was a, a, a bit of a win. But, it, it, you know, it foretells a, a very difficult year in 2022 for whoever's on the Democratic ticket right now, the way things stand right now. Politics uh, a year is a long time.
0: Closer to home here in, in Lackawanna County, uh, Nisha Aurora and Mary Dempsey Walsh spent over a million bucks on uh, the Lackawanna County Court of Common Pleas judge race. Why do you spend a million bucks on a job that pays $186,000 a year?
1: Uh, mystery, prestige, I don't know. Uh, that's a real mystery. Um, I know that, um, that we don't, first of all, we don't know that they've spent a million dollars. We know they've raised a million dollars. We'll know the spending better in a couple of weeks when the final campaign finance reports report. I do expect it will be over a million dollars because both of them spent heavily on advertising, especially Nisha. Um, You've written about it. You said it, it may wind up being the most costly race in... The most costly judicial race in county history. I don't think it's the. it would be the most costly uh, race of any kind. Uh, the 2007 uh, commissioner's race, which I did not look up, comes to mind. That was a very costly race. But um, it, it was a nonetheless a very costly race uh, and an unusual um, campaign that Nisha ran.
0: So they both spent a lot of money, but Nisha, she didn't, uh, there's no real nice way to put it. She she didn't get a lot of votes, but she did get a lot of attention. Is she a viable candidate for judge or any other office moving forward?
1: Those are always hard questions to uh, answer because you don't know who the opponent's going to be in in future campaigns. In this campaign, she was uh, up against a very experienced lawyer, uh, who was really well known and who really raised her profile in her short time on city council uh really got a lot of people's attention uh that may have been the reason she did it but uh anyway she uh Mary Walsh Dempsey did a really good job raising her profile in that short time on council and it really I think it really benefited her in the election. Whether Nisha, I don't have any reason to believe that Nisha can't be a viable candidate. I just don't think that she can win running the can kind of campaign that she ran this time around. And, and you know, uh, I've written about it and Chris Kelly's written about it, about the, uh, at the TV advertising campaign just came off all wrong. You know, I, and I know that the Aurora campaign thinks that they were trying to do something different and it's noble that they were interested in diversity and that kind of thing, but uh, it just had the wrong flavor for an electorate where you were running against a very experienced candidate.
0: Let's switch over to the 113th. Tom Welby uh, won that race, but he's only got a year as a state rep.
1: What can Tom Welby do in a year? Uh well not i generally not much, but he says he 's going to try he says he 's going to try to fight for the fair funding, fight for the severance tax uh, the natural gas extraction tax that Democrats have been begging for for years. You know He wants to bring, I think, the fair funding. He wants to fight blight. Uh, He can, I think, tinker on the margins. But as far as any big legislative accomplishments, it's hard to believe that people in Harrisburg will take a first-term legislator who's not going to be around very long, very seriously. But I'm sure that he will put forth the effort. Tom is a hardworking guy, uh, worked a long time for—Marty Flynn knows how Harrisburg works, and that should give him some advantage. If he can get little things done in a year, then great. You know, he clearly showed that he was the more popular candidate and the better known candidate. He, he dominated that race by by margins better than the Democratic margin in Lackawanna County.
0: I thought it was telling, too, when the race was over that his uh, opponent, uh, Dominetti, came out and said that, you know, it was just hard beating a, a nice guy like Tom.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's... I, you don't hear that a lot.
1: Right, right. He's well-liked. He, uh, there's just no question about that. I don't I don't know of anybody that doesn't like Tom Welby. Uh, not that I go around asking people, but, you know, the, these things generally come to my attention when somebody is an axe to grind against somebody. Nobody really dislikes Tom Welby. They think he's in it for the right reasons, and I think the vote total showed more than two to one. That's better than the Democratic. Dem- the Democrats have about a nine to five advantage in voter registration now, and it's no longer two to one. And he did way better than two to one. He did two and a half to one, you know. So we, which means he got a lot of Republicans. He got a lot of uh, third-party uh, voters, too.
0: If he gets to Harrisburg and he likes it and thinks that he's accomplishing anything, does he change his mind? No. And, nope, no matter what. I
1: don't what. think so. No. He was very—I asked him about that. He was very adamant about that. That's not his style to do things that way. Um, I think a lot of people wish he would. Um, I don't know who the candidates next year— which candidates will emerge? Uh, there's there were some good candidates um, that that who's you know that came up when uh, were, there was some you know the, the, before we knew that the party was only going to accept a uh, a a seat filler. Uh, but um, I think that a lot of people would love to see him f- decide against it. But he's pretty adamant about keeping his word.
0: The Scranton School Board is a notorious mess. Uh, they've got a funding shortfall. They've got an enormous deficit, a teacher strike as we speak. Uh, and those are just a few things. Uh, voters elected two new directors. There's going to be a third uh, director appointed shortly. Can this school board fix anything, or do they have to play the hand the state recovery plan is dealing them?
1: You know, 25 years ago when uh, the state, when the city was going through still in the early stages of its, you know, now 30-year, almost 30-year distress status. Jimmy Connors went against the recovery plan that the city wrote. And uh, Tom Ridge, who was the Republican governor, and remember, Jimmy Connors was a Republican back then. Jimmy, they, they sanctioned the city. They stopped the flow of state money. They said, you're not living up to your plan, the one that we approved that you approved, and we're going to... Um, you know, stop giving you state money to do things with, and that included ten million dollars for the construction of the hotel, of the uh, Hilton Hotel downtown. That project was delayed for years. It didn't get done until Chris Doherty was the mayor. It took Don Sherwood to to talk Ridge out of it and and give uh, give Connors and uh, the end the sanctions. But the state is serious about that, and uh, I, I we're going to find out whether the the Department of Education is as serious about that recovery plan as. The state, the State Department of Community and Economic Development, was in 1997 when they sanctioned the city for not following its recovery plan. I'm going to say they are, uh, but I am going to also say that they're going to try to help in the interim. Ridge want not Ridge. Uh, Tom Wolf wants fair funding. He, the school district wants fair funding. You know, everybody here wants fair funding that will bring a lot of money to the schools. Wolf wants it. Republicans have resisted. Th- so i think he's a little more sympathetic that the district is trying trying to do things the right way and get out of its financial mess but they're not but they're not going to let them just do anything so i think that i think he'll try to come up with some money some kind of interim solution but this strike is going to last till the end of the month i don't see that ending before the end of the month and then they'll be back to square one they won't be able to strike for at least another year if if this doesn't get resolved before that,
0: the Scranton school district students may not see the inside of a classroom before the end of November.
1: Uh, that yeah, they have the, 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 under the law you have you have to get in get your 180 day minimum uh, instruction in before June 30th, and the state has told them that the end of the month you know, by the end of the month they have to re- they have to return.
0: Any ideas who other than the usual suspects, or even if the usual suspects are still in play here, um, as far as. Who may be appointed to that open school board seat? Uh, yeah,
1: I haven't. I don't know. I haven't asked anybody. You know, they, um, it no could one's be, bubbled up yet. It could be for somebody uh, from among the list of people who didn't win earlier this year. You know, they generally have had a number of people step forward. You know, there's a couple of people leaving the board, so maybe one of them gets reappointed. I don't. I don't know.
0: I wanted to ask you a question about Mayor Scranton, Mayor Paige Gebhardt Cognetti.
1: Do we have her for a full term, or does she have her eyes
0: set on something different or something uh, bigger?
1: I think she's here for a full term. I don't—the next um, the the next um, big election is for governor next year. She's not going anywhere. All those people are—all the candidates are chosen for those races already. Then after that, it's, uh, you know, auditor—in 2024, it would be auditor general, attorney general, and treasurer. Assuming Josh—let's assume Josh Shapiro wins— in 2022 then the uh, attorney general will be an open seat she's not a lawyer she can't be the attorney general the treasurer perhaps you know but uh, an auditor general would sort of make sense since she worked for the auditor general before but I don't think so I think she's here for the fur at least through um, 2024 after that after that it could be a different story but I don't think she's going to leave before her term is up.
0: Next year, we've got midterm elections. Uh, things are already heating up in the Eighth Congressional District. Teddy Daniels has never really stopped campaigning since last year's right. election. Uh, You've reported that Jim uh, Bognet's campaign is beginning to emerge. I heard him on Breitbart Radio a couple of days ago, uh, so he's you know he's getting out there. Are there any other Republicans hoping to get a? take a crack at matt cartwright uh, in his five terms is earl granville coming back or earl anyone? granville's not coming back he's uh, done
1: i don't think so i talked to him a few months ago and he didn't sound interested uh in the least and i know people have asked him about it but i don't think that that you know, there's a lot of people especially on the cartwright side who think that if he had been the nominee in 2020 that cartwright might have lost uh, because he's from lackawanna county uh, but um you know, Cartwright's going to be up against it next year, and he's probably unless someone emerges. Maybe hey, Nisha Aurora has talked about you know doing things in the future. Maybe she gets into that race. I I kind of doubt it, but uh, maybe somebody somebody new, some fresh face. Uh, you know, Daniels and and Bognet both ran last time. Bognet you know, beat Daniels and then lost fairly substantial. You know, it was a close race. It was three less than three points to. Um, uh, about three points to um, Cartwright uh, in a year that Trump was on the ballot. Trump's not going to be on the ballot. Cartwright showed that he was a strong candidate by winning Lackawanna County overwhelmingly and actually winning Luzerne County. Well, you know, uh, in uh, you know the only other Democrat to do that in 2020 was Josh Shapiro, but not even Joe Biden won t- Luzerne County. So he's a formidable candidate. He has a, he's going to have a lot of money. Um, they're going to need to do things differently. Now, if the current trends continue and the, the presidential approval rating keeps sinking, that makes it even more difficult for Cartwright.
0: Biden's approval ratings, obviously, uh, tanking. And uh, clearly a past rough couple of months for the president. Uh, that hurts Cartwright.
1: At least it could. It,
0: it could. It's it's a year he's away.
1: A, he's in a situation where, he, uh, well, let me just give you a number. Uh, and that is in October of 2020, the Democratic uh, registration in the 8th congressional district was about was like 48% something a little over that it's down almost a percentage point since last year so the repub it's like 0.94 the the, the is uh, it's been reduced the the the, uh, the democratic percentage uh registration percentage is down 0.94 percentage points since last October uh, And that's as of this as of this election 0.63 of that went to Republicans. 0.31 went to other parties. So it's not all of people going to the Republican Party, but that makes it tougher on car, right? On the other hand, what we don't know yet, and that's a big factor in this, is what the district's going to look like. We have redistricting coming up. We ha- we think, or some of us think, that the districts are going to look a lot like they do now because the Supreme Court weighed in in 2018 and basically wrote them. The major differences are going to be that each district is larger because there's more people in Pennsylvania and there's one less uh, congressional district. So all the districts have to get larger. So Cartwright's district is going to get bigger. There's going to have more people. Does that mean that he's going to have the same proportion of Democrats now, which is about 47 to 37, or does he have a lesser proportion? If he has a lesser proportion, does that make it harder for him to win? You know, those are the things that we're going to find out. Also, we're going to find out if Teddy Daniels lives in the district. Are they going to write the district so that Teddy's not in the district, or is Jim Bogdan not going to be in the district? One of those guys. I don't see how you do that and still have and still claim that you have fair redistricting that you had in two two thousand eighteen. I think that the districts have to look roughly the way they do, and I think both of those guys will still be in the district because they have to get. The districts have to get larger, but we're, that's a big wild card. We don't know what that district's going to look like. Cartwright has hinted about, you know, not running if they don't write a district that's favorable enough where he thinks he can win. But he's raising all this money. He's not the kind that will walk away. He's really hot on getting the, the passenger train to New York City. I don't see him walking away.
0: What's the biggest issue we're going to be talking about in the midterm election? So we're a year away, and I know a lot can change. But right now, what does it feel like we're going to be talking about? The economy. About? Economy,
1: um, yeah, the economy, the inflate whether inflation gets under control, whether uh, the unemployment rate is actually pretty low, but the whether the inflation gets under control and whether people can get the things that they want and need, that you know, gas prices being high is not helpful. the The question of the competence of Biden's administration will come into play. They will try to make him out, especially because of Afghanistan, they will try to make him out to be incompetent and a doddering old fool, and they will. That's going to be the Republican playbook. I think the Democrats need to go to forget about Trump and need to say this is what we've accomplished and get things accomplished. Uh, These two big bills, the first, the infrastructure bill that they got done, that'll help Cartwright Cartwright a lot, by the way. That has the money for the train, uh, among other things. But they need to run on that. They need to point out. And then if Trump comes up and say, look at all the look, he didn't get that done. He didn't get this done. You know, they need to run on... things that they've accomplished. Uh, People care about the pocketbook.
0: You brought it up, and I was trying to do the math in my head, so if I'm wrong about this, let me know. But I I think that you're also a transportation reporter, and I think you've been covering the New York to Scranton rail line for...
1: 30 years. I was going to say at
0: least 25, so okay, it's 30
1: is that ever going to happen? This is the closest that's ever been to happening. We've but never been closer. Never been closer. Um, and mainly because you have the federal, a federal agency, Amtrak, stepping in. You could not convince New Jersey Transit or even Pennsylvania's transportation officials that this was a really viable project. Amtrak seems to have a different attitude toward this, a much different attitude toward this. Um, they have been highlighting it maybe for political reasons, because they wanted to get their money. They have a lot of maintenance to do on their track. They have big, pro- you know, when, when Bill Flynn, the CEO, was talking about what, what new lines were, he foresees, he didn't talk about uh, Scranton, although they did have a news conference about it a few weeks ago. He talked about new new service out in western western the Western United States. So, you know, there, is, there, is he playing games to get the money? Yeah, maybe. Um, this is the closest it's been, and you have... You have things lined up that are unusual. You have a president who was born in Scranton. <laughs> that He just cannot underestimate the value of that. And you have a congressman who is hell-bent on getting this thing done. You also have uh, the advantages that this project has is it's under construction already. There's seven miles under construction in New Jersey. We basically need... Some train stations and about 21 miles more of track to get the whole thing done. We we have the track on the Pennsylvania side; it's all done, you know. So that could look attractive. This uh, when they signed the agreement with Amtrak a few couple of months ago, my knees literally shook. I was the first. I was the first time. That was the first time I was like, "Wow, this may happen." Like you know, because I had grown very skeptical. The numbers don't work. The ridership from Scranton isn't there you know, in general. But this this is different. This is different. This seems to be the right people want this to get done. We'll see.
0: So you talk to a lot of people and this is just your gut on this. We know politicians want this. It sounds like Amtrak wants this. Do the people want this?
1: Yeah, certain ones. Yeah, people who like to travel to the big city. Yeah, but the railroad fans like it. We'll find out. I mean, there's a lot. There's the March buses are full every day. The, the highways in New Jersey are get crowded in the morning. They get really crowded. I've driven it um, in in the rush hour, so they get crowded and they're running out of room. They can't build more lanes. There's just not. You know, they need a viable alternative here, and I th- I think that there's I think that there's. A stronger chance that the the that it gets done because of the Poconos, where there are already a lot of commuters to the city in northern New Jersey, that then it will you know be as a Scranton to Poconos strange. It'll end up, it'll end up. My guess is it'll end up traveling to Scranton because that's where one of the rail yards will be. They'll they can park the trains there and leave in the morning, leave in the morning from there, and then head for the Poconos. There's just more room here. If it gets done, it's going to get done because of the commuter traffic from the Poconos. There's just not enough. I don't see enough numbers from Scranton, you know, for this to be, for them to build this because of Scranton. It's going to get done because the Poconos creates the traffic.
0: I'm going to circle back to uh, politics. Trump has obviously never stopped talking about it. Uh, But when I listen to Bognet talk a couple of days ago, he's still talking about this 10,000 vote lead that he went to bed with and and woke up the next morning and it was gone. And so I have to ask, and I know you've reported about this extensively and and you understand this. How hard is it to cast a phony mail-in ballot or stuff a ballot box or rig an election? It's really hard to do, isn't it?
1: Yes. I'm sure that a good criminal could figure out but to do it on the, the to the extent that cl- Trump claims it was done, it would take an enormous conspiracy of, in a whole lot of different places for it to happen. I look at it two ways. First, the election officials generally want to do a good job everywhere. They do not want to make mistakes because they don't want to be in the limelight the way Trump has put them in the limelight. They they, they, they want to get the elections right. That's universally true. They're— you, you can i can't find a, a, an election official that made any difference to a race uh, over the years kind of like an official
0: at a sporting event if we're talking about the umpire or the referee that's, that's a, a small, bad thing that's
1: a smaller that's a smaller venue that's you know in a in a county even with 200 you know 144,000 voters you you need to move a lot of votes around to to make a difference and secondly they had their chance to appeal over and over again and and when they did in Pennsylvania, the judge in um, you know Bradford from Bradford County, a federal judge from Bradford County, named Matthew Brown, basically laughed them out of court. They had the, there's a process for for checking elections after, before and after elections. They make sure the machines work, or and then afterward they make sure they worked. There's a there's there's a if you don't if you know a fraud, you have time after the election to challenge ballots. That didn't happen. That just didn't happen. And we have a procedure for this. So, this idea that there was widespread thought is just complete nonsense. It really is complete nonsense. It's a. F- it's a f- talk about fake news. It is really it is real fake news.
0: But we're not going to start stop talking about it anytime soon. This no, I feel like this is going to go on for years.
1: Well, you know, there's always things you could do to make the election system better. And if they were framing it that way, that would be one thing. But there's a lot of people still out there. I have you know, relatives that still think that there was, the election was stolen. It wasn't stolen. And it's I just, haven't
0: seen any down ballot candidates that won an election that may also be screaming no. uh, voter fraud. Say I didn't win.
1: No, hasn't no. happened. No, it hasn't happened. There, there, here's one that they use a lot, and it's and it's the issue of the Supreme Court ruled uh, last year. One of the issues that the Republicans bring up is the Supreme Court ruled last year that because of COVID and the difficulties the mail system was having in getting all the ballots to the to the to the uh, election bureaus to get them counted. You know, that they extended the deadline for receiving ballots. As long as they were postmarked by election day at 8 p.m., they could be received until Friday after the election. That's different than what the law says. And that's, that's what legit. But you know what happened? The state didn't count those votes. Biden won Pennsylvania by eighty thousand five hundred and fifty five votes anyway.
0: If I remember correctly, those votes are still sitting they're there still in a box there. uncounted. Just, they're still sitting there just they're in still case. uncounted.
1: And and then you can argue that they those people were disenfranchised because the court ruling was, you know, they should be counted. Biden won Pennsylvania by more than eighty thousand votes. And if you want so if you want to argue that the constitution should be clarified to you know say eight p m is a firm deadline if it's not in the hands of the voter bureaus, who cares what the reason is, then put that in the make that a const- put it in the constitution, put it in the law whatever that's great that's 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 legitimate debate, but don't tell me that there was all these this ballot box stuffing you know that goes on. Even this issue of that that surfaced recently in Lackawanna County, where we had the video surfaced of the the guy in the primary bringing in multiple ballots, had, you know, had you know, that's illegal. Maybe those ballots shouldn't count. Nobody raised that in May. Yeah, why? No, why, why did that sit because, there? Because nobody looked at the tape.
0: Somebody's got to look at the tape. Somebody's
1: got to look at the tape. Nobody looked at the tape. You could challenge those ballots. That's a legitimate reason. That's illegal. You can't do that. And and may, may and if you want to argue that the. The county should post deputies to watch those ballot boxes to make sure that that they're not being that they're not being people aren't bringing in multiple ballots. That's legit. The governor just got caught doing it. Yep. He didn't shouldn't have done it. That's that's legit. But don't tell me that, you know, somebody's running around stuff in ballot boxes unless until I see evidence. It's you can't even get a ballot unless you like apply for one. You know, and you have to sign your name, they have to check your signature against the the voter registration card. They there's a whole process for that.
0: Not an easy gig.
1: No. No. I right, got, <laughs> got your blood pressure up. I got your blood
0: pressure up with that question. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more, and, and this may keep your blood pressure raised. Are you ever going to get your one on one or or personal interview with President Biden? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think I should try harder. like I, I, I know you slightly, want one and, and
0: I know we should. I would elect
1: one with Trump or with Bush or any of those guys, but that never happened. You know, I always ask. I know you always ask, but I mean, he's he's from Scranton. We're the Scranton I newspaper. To, I did get to ask George Bush a question when he stopped at Manning's uh, uh, in 2006, when he was campaigning for Don Sherwood. He said, "What I asked him what flavor ice cream he was eating." <laughs> What was it? It was pralines and cream or something like that. I, but (laughs) That was the lone question I got a president to answer so far.
0: That was it. Pralines and cream ice cream. Uh, If you get one question, you know what it's going to be? You're in the pool. You get to scream out a question or or you just wait for the moment? No,
1: I don't know. It'll depend on the circumstances at the time, what's going on at the time, you know. Uh, I'm not going to ask him about Scranton. <laughs> We've got
0: a wild year uh, ahead of us uh, with uh, a midterm that is a year away, but I feel like we're going to be talking about it for an entire year. Will you come back and, and talk to us again before we get to November, maybe even before we get oh, to sure. the uh, primary? Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Thanks, Boris. Okay. Thanks.